Well, RFK has gone poaching in the black community by announcing he's in favor of reparations. Hint, this guy's not a moderate, he's a leftist. Bumbling Biden has embarrassed the United States and Israel again. And the pro-Palestinian protesters are looking a little bit insurrection-y by taking over the U.S. Capitol yesterday. Republicans continue to play Russian roulette with the nation. And I've got some encouragement for you from Psalm 37. This is the Heidi St. John podcast. Let's get into it. Well, welcome, you guys. I'm glad that you have joined me in my little neck of the woods here in Vancouver, Washington. I want to jump right into Psalm 37 today because the headlines are kind of outrageous. And before we get into it, I think it's important that we frame the discussion by uh, talking about what God says in his word. And I was encouraged this morning as I was reading this Psalm of David, and he starts off by saying, don't worry about evildoers. Let's think about that for a second. He says, don't fret, don't worry about it. Why does he say that? Because the Lord of Heaven's armies has this thing under control. He sees what is happening. And as I'm going, continuing to go through the book of Revelation, I'm reminded again, because God says, God gives this warning through Jesus to the apostle John. And he says, I know your works. Like he's actually talking there to the churches, but he says, I know your works. I understand what's going on. Nothing is hidden from me. And one day there's going to be a reckoning. And this is exactly what David is saying in Psalm 37. He says, fret not because of evildoers. Don't be envious of wrongdoers for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Don't worry, because it only leads to evil. And evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. As I was thinking about what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now and what's continuing to to plague the nation with regard to people who are running for office and what we see happening in, uh, in local politics and national politics and now, of course, geopolitical politics, I'm reminded that God is still on his throne. Nothing that's happening in the world right now takes him by surprise. And you know what, men and women, you've heard me say this before, but I'm gonna remind us again. We are called to live courageously. We are called to live fearlessly in the world. Jesus said, don't be afraid. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Uh, People sometimes ask me, you know, uh, what it was like to run for Congress. And my answer always is, you know, the, the thing that I think my big takeaway for running for Congress was that there is evil on both sides of the of the political spectrum. We're absolutely seeing this on display in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, these politicians who care more about themselves and their platforms and proving a point than about getting to the business of the American people. This has been plaguing us for a long, long time. But my takeaway was there's evil people everywhere. And here's the Bible. And he says, uh, David saying, don't worry. God's, God's message to David was like, don't worry because of evildoers, because I got it. 
And this is good for us to tell our children about. It's good for us to be reminded about that these people are going to fade like the grass. And in fact, all of us are just here for a little while. And Jesus said not to be afraid. And so we know that we can live in the world fearlessly and do what God's asked us to do, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. The Bible says to trust in the Lord and do good, to dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, delight ourselves in the Lord, and he will give us the desires of our heart. So what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? I saw a really great video the other day, uh, you know, asking the the viewer, what would it be like if we treated our Bibles like we treat our phones? Well, you guys have, I'm sure, seen this analogy over the years. I certainly have. But I love this video of this young man. He wakes up in the morning, and the first thing he does is he kind of feels around his bed, you know, for his Bible. And he reaches his Bible and he opens it up and he just starts reading it, just like we do with our phones every day, right? You see a little glimpse of him on the treadmill and he's reading his Bible. You see a little glimpse of him getting a bowl of cereal and he's reading his Bible. Uh, He walks into the bathroom, closes the door, he's got his Bible with him. The Bible tells us that we are to delight ourselves in the Lord. And I think the delighting part means, Lord, I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say to me today. What is it that you have for me from your word? It's one of the reasons why I really, really like uh, 365-day devotionals, not for Bible study, but just really for encouragement and reminder, these little nuggets that we get from the Lord every morning. And uh, I hope if you haven't picked up my 365-day devotional, I hope that you will because Every day of the week, there's just a a little bit of scripture and something that the Lord gave me to share with you, and I hope it blesses and encourages you. But I think that's kind of what it looks like to delight in the Lord. Instead of waking up every morning, and really, I'm talking to myself right now because this is what I tend to do. I tend to wake up in the morning, and I, I try really hard not to sleep with the phone next to my bed. I sort of gave that up a while ago for various reasons. So I'll stumble into the other room and, you know, take my phone off the charger, whatever, and just you know, what What text messages came in uh, overnight? What emails do I need to check? And when, I, when that's my first thing that I do in the morning, it's very hard for me to get back uh, into the word of God. It's hard for me to make that, that time. And I think that's part of what he's saying here. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what does your heart desire? Well, when we pray in accordance with the will of God, the beautiful thing about walking with, with Jesus is that he turns our desires to his desires. So then our will becomes his will. When we start praying, Lord, help me walk in your will, help my heart align with yours. What we're really saying is not that God's will would align with ours, but that our heart would begin to align with his heart. And I think that's what he's saying. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. God sees it all. And so even when you read the headlines and they're frustrating, and certainly they are, and I'm going to read some of them uh, to you today, we need to keep in mind, especially as we go into the weekend, that no matter what happens over the weekend, our job is to delight ourselves in the Lord and to be found faithful, to be found obedient. When the Lord returns, I want to be about my father's business. I want to be about encouraging the people of God. I want to be about saying, hey, uh, you know, how can I pray for you today? How can we be encouraging to another person? This is what the Lord would have us do. And so I just I hope that's encouraging to you because it's certainly been encouraging to me as we're working our way through the book of Revelation over at Faith That Speaks. I want to remind you again, if you want to study Bible prophecy, now's a great time to do it. You can jump in with me at any time. 
and we're heading into right now Revelation chapter four. So we've gotten a little bit of a glimpse of what uh, the rapture of the church might look like, sort of hints to the rapture. And now we're going to start looking at the seal uh, judgment. So those will be the first judgments that we look at. And so that's where I am in Revelation chapter four, and you guys can study right along with me. I wrote that study a couple of years ago, and some things have changed uh, in the world, obviously. And so we've, we have... Um, we have revised that study just a bit, got a, a little more of a, a different look graphically. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. It is a 400-page study. So it's a big study that I wrote, but it's worth going through. And I think you will be really encouraged because what God is saying through this awesome glimpse into heaven where we see the throne of God and we see the 24 elders around the throne and the phenomenal worship that happens in heaven reminds us that we are not like God. And I think that's what he's trying to show us, right? In this first image, this first glimpse that John gets into heaven. And we recognize, wow, there are things that we cannot see. There is a veil, a thin veil that separates this world from the spiritual world. And it is very, very real. And the Bible says one day the Lord's going to return and make it right. Right? We know that the Lord himself, we read this in 1 Thessalonians 4, will descend from heaven with a shout and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are still alive will rise and be caught up with him together to meet the Lord in the air. This is describing the rapture of the church. And you guys, what an amazing time to be alive. Now, I think it's important to note, and I've said this before, but at the risk of, of being redundant, I want to say it again. I don't believe that eschatology is something that we should be arguing about as Christians. I don't think, uh, I mean, I'm absolutely willing to say my interpretation of the book of Revelation could be wrong. I think it's correct based on years of study, but I, I could be wrong. And I'm actually, I hope that I'm correct because of I have a, a, a pretty solidly pre-tribulation view of the rapture of the saints of Jesus Christ. But the Bible teaches us that regardless of our view on the, how things are going to unfold as the, uh, as the church age draws to a close, our trust should be in the Lord. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever thought that you didn't have a say in what kind of family you have? Well, strong families don't happen by accident. They happen on purpose, through prayers, quality time spent with one another, and teaching your values. I'm not here saying it's easy, but I've got something that can help. Brave Books. Brave Books believes in the power of the family unit to shape the next generation. Their family book subscription includes a book per month with family activities and lessons that teach subjects like freedom versus communism, traditional gender identity, and the importance of being truthful. Let Brave Books help you because they've got it figured out. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code Heidi for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. So the children of God should not be running around the world fretting and freaking out. We should be pointing people to Jesus. We should be looking at our own lives and saying, "Are we, Lord, are we waiting patiently for you or are we fretting over these things unnecessarily? Now, the other side of that, obviously, is that we want to be aware of what's happening around us. 
We don't need to stick our head in the sand. This is why I keep telling you guys, you know, we don't know when the Lord's going to return. So it could be next week or it could be 100 years from now. We don't know. We do know that Jesus said that we are to occupy until he returns. And I really do think that's why the uh, that's why the psalmist, that's why David is giving us this this exhortation, refrain from anger, forsake wrath. Don't worry yourself because it only tends to evil. Uh, Verse 10 says, in just a little while, the wicked will become no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. The meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. There is a time coming when this will describe what it's like to live in the new Jerusalem. And, uh, And I'm excited for that time. But until then, we are called to occupy until the Lord returns. And what an incredible time, uh, you guys, to be alive. What an amazing time. Uh, I want to jump into the headlines for just a few minutes to kind of keep you up to speed on some things. I've been watching the, uh, the, the men and women who are running to represent us uh, as the president of the United States in the 2024 elections, obviously the most bombastic and the most out there and probably the one who's going to get the Republican nomination is Donald Trump. I actually can't see a path for any of the other um, any of the other contenders right now. Although you've heard me say before, it takes a lot of courage to run for office. I admire uh, the courage and the tenacity of the men and women who are running for office, even those with whom I disagree. And RFK would go, it would fall into that category. I was very interested in him when he first began running because I love his uh, his view on, on uh, vaccinations. I absolutely think, man, he was one of the few and the first that told the truth about the criminal that is uh, Anthony Fauci. And I appreciated his willingness to step out and and not step in lockstep with the Democrats who were hiding, uh, who are hiding what was happening during the pandemic. Which, by the way, I need to, to I want to talk more about this next week. But I read a study on the uh, Epic Times last week where they have put together data and actual documentation from a gazillion hospitals in the United States now post pandemic. So we can see exactly how they were treating patients. And they were saying that the number one cause of death during that time in the hospital was starvation and dehydration. In other words, you put your loved ones into the hospital during the pandemic. And we all saw this, right? You saw me uh, with my you know, gut-wrenching Facebook lives outside of Kaiser Permanente, the disgusting Kaiser Permanente. I cannot stand that hospital. I don't care where you are. You can be in Oregon or Washington or California. What a what a lousy what a lousy so-called medical organization this is. But uh, you guys saw me in the middle of the pandemic when they would not allow me. My mother-in-law had a heart attack. They would not allow me to come and advocate for her. Essentially, when your loved ones went into the hospital during the pandemic, you lost your right. You lost your rights to advocation for them. You lost, they lost their right to be able to say, no, this is what I want and this is what I don't want. They just treated patients with these ridiculous protocols and they killed people. The hospitals were getting paid for giving patients remdesivir, which killed them. The hospital was getting paid for diagnosing you with a COVID and saying that you died from COVID even though you fell down the stairs and broke your neck. Uh, the, the medical community in this country is corrupt and I thank God for people like uh, RFK, Robert Kennedy, for calling him out. Good for you. Good job. You called him out. I will never vote for him for president. 
for a lot of reasons. First of all, he's very soft on the Second Amendment. He has no uh, he has n no real grasp, I don't think, on free speech in this country and why it's so important. And then just recently he came out and he now he's saying that he wants to uh, he's going to agree by agree to reparations. What in the world? Reparations. I need to get my friend uh, Ray Reynolds on here. In fact, I'm going to. I'm going to get my friend Ray Reynolds on here and I'm going to be talking to him about reparations and why this is the last thing that the black community needs. You know, I saw a very young a Japanese American, probably she's maybe three years old, not too long ago. And I wanted to say to her, okay, because you are a three-year-old Japanese American, should I now give her reparations or should I get reparations from her for Pearl Harbor? I mean, this is the same exact logic that we're using and that Robert Kennedy is using right now when he says that he agrees with reparations. So Robert Kennedy, thank you for running. I'm, you know, thank you for running as an independent. And that's a no from Heidi St. John. Uh, Joe Biden's been bumbling around the Middle East recently. We saw him just yesterday with, it looked like a very flustered and embarrassed uh, Bibi Netanyahu because he was trying to talk cohesively about what's happening, coherently rather, about what's happening with Hamas right now, which of course he can't do because he doesn't know how to talk coherently. But listen to what he said when he was talking about the rocket attack that uh, nearly destroyed a hospital in Gaza. Do you guys remember this? Just two days ago, they said, oh my goodness, the Israelites have, have uh, the Jewish people are bombing innocent Palestinians, which by Palestinians, Palestinians is not actually a thing, but we'll talk about that at another time. But they say, uh, this is what's happened. Well, it turned out when the smoke literally cleared, it was Hamas shooting its own rockets, accidentally bombing their own hospital. Listen to what Joe Biden had to say about it. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. Okay, so he's talking, he's talking, he's talking to Netanyahu and he says, hey man, I mean, this is like a football game to this guy, right? So I heard there was, I heard there was a bombing, that's too bad, and he's that's the other team, not you. And you can see the look on Netanyahu's face like, get this guy out of my country. Why in the world is he even here? That's the question we're all asking, because we all know that Joe Biden's not running the show. This is Obama 4.0. That's exactly what's happening. He's an embarrassment to the world, but particularly to those of us who call the United States home. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but it's looking a little bit insurrection-y uh, up on Capitol Hill right now as pro-Palestinian Hamas protesters call for a ceasefire. That's laughable. Hey, we heard that Hamas just went into uh, Israel, broke through your borders, murdered and raped your women, beheaded little babies, burned little children, handcuffed, handcuffed them and burned them alive. But hey, we want a ceasefire. That's that's the right thing to do. Ceasefire, ceasefire. Uh, how do you think the people in Israel are feeling right now about a ceasefire? It's ridiculous. And of course, the Republicans continue to play Russian roulette with the nation because they don't know how to elect a speaker. We have serious business to do in the United States, and these are very unserious people. These are serious times that we are in. And what, are, what, what is HHS talking about? They're talking about pronouns. Now they're gonna make it illegal for any government employee to misgender you by calling you a pronoun that doesn't match your biological sex. Oh, okay. Very, very unserious people in very, very serious times. We need to be calling out to the Lord. And guys, I'm just gonna encourage you again, stay engaged with the Lord in all of this. God is not sleeping. 
He sees all of it and he wants us to pray to him. He wants us to worship him. The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 10, in just a little while, I want you guys to to keep this in your minds as I wrap up the show for today. In just a little while, evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. Wait for the Lord today. You guys, don't be afraid of what's happening around. Don't live in the news either. You know, we don't want to live in the news. We don't want to live on YouTube, right? Or as my mother-in-law calls it, the YouTube. (laughs) We don't want to live on the YouTube. We don't want to live in Fox News or any other news source. We get our encouragement and our courage from the Holy Spirit, the Lord of Heaven's armies. And then we use our voices to speak on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves. And so we speak on behalf of the unborn. God is a God of justice, by the way, not social justice, which is a backward, mixed up, uh, uh, worldly view of justice. God has his own view of justice and it's found in his word and it has not changed. The Bible says the grass will wither and the flower will fade, but the word of God will stand forever. And we need to, as the children of God, stand with the Lord of heaven's armies. You guys, thank you so much for listening today. If you've not left reviews for the show, I hope you'll do that. Hop on over to iTunes and you can leave a review. You can also comment at Spotify. You can tell us how you feel about the shows. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question that you would like addressed on the show, either by myself or by my friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood, or by Karen England, which with regard to what's happening in our schools right now, leave those for me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. If you love this show and you want to support it, the best way to do that is to become a paid subscriber. It's just about $7 a month and your $7 a month goes a whole long way. And then a couple of days a week, I'll do an extra uh, segment for you. We're working really hard at that and we hope it blesses and encourages you. We'll announce the winners of the giveaway of Katie Faust's book early next week. So if you are a subscriber to the Heidi St. John podcast and you want to win a copy of How to Raise Conservative Kids in a Woke City, You know how to do it. Subscribe to the show and the instructions will be there. Have a great day, everybody. We love you. Love your people well. And I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.